Welcome to another episode of Inside the Passion of Music and Art, Rhythm and Voice. And by rhythm and voice, I mean going with the flow, the ebb and the flow, and the rhythm of life, and finding one's voice of creative expression, no matter what that might be, whatever discipline it is, and just expressing it. And I think, I really believe that there are almost two separate journeys. There's a journey to finding one's own voice, what makes one person just individually stand out. You hear their voice no matter where they are, and you recognize that voice and uh, because it's, it's all their own. And I believe it takes a while for some people to, to really to find it, to own it, and to express themselves through it. And for me, that journey began, oh gosh, it was a stop and go uh, for so many years. But last year, I was able to own it a little bit. Uh, About a year and a half ago, I was at a fair, a very small fair called the Hamburg Fair, one of my favorite fairs because it's so small and, and accessible. And I was there to really listen to these young up-and-coming musicians, these artists. And I was backstage and I saw and met someone who I had heard a lot about. I heard that uh, she had a voice and I heard that she was up and coming. And uh, I met her backstage, introduced myself, and she asked me if I was performing. And I said, no, but I'm going to be introducing uh, someone who we mutually know, who is a kind of a blues guitarist prodigy. And that would be my role. And I said, but, you know, I haven't, you know, picked up a guitar or, or sang or performed and in a really long time since like childhood and 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 she's like well you can always sing and i thought to myself yeah i like to sing i love to sing so i went up on stage uh to introduce this prodigy and i remember kind of being a little nervous on the stage Hadn't been there in a while, and in front of a mic, and I just remember closing my eyes and thinking to myself, I said, relax, because from now on, this is what you're going to be doing. And uh, that was a huge, huge uh, turning point for me, and I just felt right at home on that stage introducing Jake. So I have to thank you, Gracie Day, who's with me now, and uh, for just opening me up just a little bit and pointing me kind of in, in the right direction where I could begin to uh, to own my own voice. How are you today? I'm great. That's so that's such a lovely story. I'm so happy that I am, um, you know, I I inspired you with saying you can always sing. That's cool. You can yeah. always sing. And but with that <laughs> smile, like you can always sing. <laughs> and you just had this like glowing smile. And I was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I can. It was almost like, oh, okay, you're waiting for permission. And a lot of times you go through life and you meet these uh, angels, guides, whatever you want to call them, but they're people that help help to move you forward and it could be something very simple a little nudge and uh so right now a lot of this podcast series is about me going and visiting uh individuals who have inspired me uh just like that little thing that little story was a big push uh you know in the place that it was at that specific time and place and moment uh so it's uh yeah so my journey now is to kind of go back through the years and reach out and link up with people on this podcast series that have in, you know inspired me and then hopefully i will uh keep moving along so what you got for me today <laughs> that's so great though it's it's you're you're letting you're giving a platform for artists to tell their stories and through their stories you're telling your story because you're linking up all these um, ways you cross paths with them so it's really interesting that's great and another thing that inspired me was something that you <clears throat> that you wrote that i read uh which I don't know if inspiration is the right word, but it, it touched me to, to my core. And and I, I'm not sure I'm going to get it right, but I'm sure you'll remember it, so you'll correct me. Something about you have been playing, um, you know, for so long in the privacy of your own uh, creative, expressive space. And something to the effect of you were afraid to play out because you enjoyed it so much and it was such a part of your being. What if someone said, hey, you can't do that? Yeah. Do you remember? Do oh, you yeah, remember that? of course. I mean, I, yeah, I kept it to myself for so long just because I didn't want to risk finding out that I wasn't good at it. And I mean, that's a real thing. Some, some people are tone deaf, some, you know, so I... I was so insecure about it and I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to ruin the purity of expression and joy I felt when I um, sang or wrote songs. And I was also kind of hoping that I could spend those years kind of developing my my craft and and come out um, with something more, yeah, more developed and and sure of itself. So you're at the point where you're exploring, and I think this is true for every uh you know every singer songwriter that i've i've interviewed and uh, you know spent time with either on the mic or off the mic uh, you know part of that journey is just really exploring your own soul and your own voice before i mean some people can hone the craft first and then 30 you know they Technically, they have the discipline, they've got the reputation, and then they can kind of go off and explore their own voice, their own singular voice of expression, you know, through that, you know, maybe through a little improv. Uh, Steve Dedman and I, we, the other day, we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the kind of, you know, I asked him, how long did it take for you to find your voice? He was like, oh, good question. Like, 
you know, really just founded the past two years, but he's been playing for 35 years, doing recitals when he was a kid. And, right. you know, I mean, he's a, a really accomplished, you know, musician. Yeah. And, you know, just a remarkable student of his craft. And then again, on the other side, you have the, the singers who are, that's their primary instrument. You, you got to learn how to breathe. You got to learn your own sort of, rhythm and cadence and uh a lot of that time is spent alone doing that yeah yeah i mean i think i don't know if i can say i've found it completely i think that and no one has ever reached a point where it's just like an end point i think that it's always changing and developing because a person's experience is always multiplying and, and changing and but yeah there definitely comes a point where it's it's but i mean the core is the same yeah. it the it may change in style or expression or you can you know hit higher notes and then maybe later you can't hit those high notes anymore so your range becomes more defined i mean changes like that right but, but it still comes yeah. like bob dylan sounds like bob dylan right you know what i mean even yeah. if he may not sound as good when he was 30 as he does now you know what yeah. i mean or mm -hmm. vice versa but you when you hear his voice it's unmistakable yeah. So totally. that's what I'm kind of talking about. Yeah, about for sure. Yeah. And I, I think too, yeah. And a lot of that comes from, I think with any artist's imitation at first, like even when I was 11, I'd, I'd wake up super early in the morning. Well, my parents would wake up early, go to work. Then my brother would go to high school and I was, had an hour to myself in the house. And that was like prized time for me. Because you could sing as loud as you wanted. Yeah, and, and no one could hear, and it was just... I also really like the um, the feeling that even close to me, people aren't around, which is what's hard about living in an apartment, which I've gotten used to. But even the idea of someone being next door sometimes can uh, infringe upon my f feeling of freedom in order to like be in that really private, isolated solitude where you can really... Let loose. Yeah. But then... I mean, it's it's interesting because it's such a con contrast because I like to be so alone sometimes when I'm creating, but then performing, obviously, you want as many people to be connected as possible. I remember my dad taught me how to record my voice on the computer when I was, like, 11. What did it sound like, like when you were listening to yourself, hearing it back? It was... I mean, it was... Dis you have to listen to it objectively, so it's always a great exercise especially so young yeah that's what i'm talking about when, so when you first when you first listen to your voice after you recorded it do you remember can you recall how it sounded to you yeah i remember thinking it wasn't that great and and it was a bummer that the outside didn't match the inside you know what i felt what i was singing and what i heard i love that <laughs> The outside didn't match the inside. <laughs> and, you know, it's really interesting because I I have never, ever liked the sound of my voice mm. or like my speaking voice or whatever. And people are like, oh, but you have a great voice. And I'm like, you know what? I just don't hear it like you hear it. And when I was at the radio station, I learned one of the things that it taught me. It taught me how to block out the sound of my voice by focusing on what other people were saying. So what happened was over time is I didn't, I was no longer listening to my voice. 
I was listening to what was on the inside of me. There you go. Yeah. And that's kind of how I kind of overcame that sort of thing. And when Dan had me sing, uh, our mutual friend, Troubadour, Ramblin' Dan, just on the fly, and I remember just making up some verse, and he was playing, I was rolling with it. The thing that I came away with was that I, even though I had the headphones on, I wasn't listening to my voice. I was paying attention to how I felt. And how I felt was just beautiful. Like, I felt good. Like, I felt like I was high. Yeah. Like, this natural high. And I love that feeling. Yeah. You know? So when you're out there and, you know, when you go into that space, you go it because, you know, you go there because, you know, it feels good. Right. And you have to hang on to that because, or you have, that has to be the focus because what you're just saying about listening to what other people said, even if they're saying great things, you can't have that be your energy source because it's just never, uh, it's it's never going to be enough or, or, or not enough, but it's just not as... It's not as, the point. Yeah, it's not the point. And it's, yeah, you should be doing it for you. And I remember when I first started, I, I almost thought that it was so personal and to, to have people's reactions just be, I mean, everyone's living their own life and to have them you know, be so far away from what I was putting out there, eventually it it didn't affect me anymore. And then I think I started getting better responses when naturally, if if you're not self-conscious, that's always the best performance. That's why actors are so great. The thing about the difference about playing in where, you know, you began and playing out is you're, you start to reach out and start to begin to touch people. Mm. with hopefully what is on the inside. Yeah, that's. I guess that's the hope. One of the first times I played out in a long time, I I used to sing at, at summer camp, uh, but I was so shy. That was the only time I would perform in front of people. How old were you? Because I was a counselor there, so anywhere between like 16 and 18, 19. So that was... The only, but I, I, you know, I just, just went to a camp reunion and it was cool because to come back as almost a full-time musician and have all my old um, colleagues and friends say, you know, like, we always, you know, thought you were so good, but you were so quiet and so shy. And it's true. I was so, at the campfires, I'd be so shy that I'd sing so quietly that maybe only the person. The, In the front row. The front row. You. Yeah, exactly. You didn't have a mic or anything? No. It was just, you had to yeah. project all on your own? Yeah. And, I mean, that's hard in general, but I, I mean, I would sing so quietly. My voice was totally different, too. There was a lot more um, higher uh, register notes rather than more chest voice, which is what I like to do now. And you have that kind of, like, raspiness, <sighs> that, like, sexy raspiness <laughs> to your voice now, too. I, there's definitely a little bit of a... Yeah, rasp sometimes. I'm not sure if it's from vocal damage or, but I like, you know. From hitting too many high notes? Yeah. God, I know. I'd love to take some vocal lessons at some point soon just so I can can know how to protect my voice better. 
But I mean, that was a huge reason why I knew I loved to sing when I was 11 and 12, but I didn't want to take voice lessons at my high school because everyone got trained in a very classical way. And I don't, you know, I, I can admire that vocal style, of course, but it wasn't something I was aiming for. I didn't want that clear as a bell or opera booming voice. I wanted that gritty, like Janis Joplin, a country singer, just like a natural voice that was mine. And the back to finding your own voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so camp was a big thing. I could see that. And you do come off as a shy, except when you sing. Mm. And one of the uh, great experiences that I had with you was when you were back in my radio days when you came in and you played and you're, you were performing and your guitar strap broke and you just lifted up your leg and you didn't miss, miss a beat. You were like still in the flow. And to me, when I see that, it just tells me how seasoned the artist has become, where it's just... <laughs> You know, you just, you roll with stuff. Stuff like that happens, and you you never lost your composure at all. Yeah. And, you know, it had to have been a little bit uh, uncomfortable physically. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was standing there like a flamingo. A one-legged flamingo. <laughs> <laughs> but you kept it going, girl. Now, do you have any stories about stuff that's happened like that while you were performing? Where you had to just roll with it? Actually, I felt so bad. I um, was doing a show at Infinity Norfolk with the Carleens and M. Betts. And my friend Meredith Rose and I were the middle set. And we, uh, our opening song, uh, the second verse, was going to be mine. And I completely blanked on the words. Just completely. So we kind of just like hovered there playing the chords. And, um, you know, I was, it was, it's one thing if it's, if it's me messing up my own thing when I'm solo, but to mess up for someone else, I felt so bad. But we kind of just roll. It's kind of one of those things with in any live performance where you have to just kind of like, you know, we were talking about this earlier, like going with the flow, like you're these interviews. Um, a lot of that, that's. That's what I'm learning. Yeah, that's 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 what music is sometimes too. Like you accidentally go into a pre-chorus early, then you have to modify around that. Kind of like communicate with your players. That's something I'm learning too. I'm not used to playing with other people. Oh so. yeah, I want to talk about that. And yeah. It also, it's you know the transition from playing in to playing out, and then playing out as a singer songwriter. Just getting used to being on stage and performing with others and then finally getting comfortable with that but then stretching yourself by playing with with other musicians because that's a whole new ball game for sure and uh you know you you have different personalities egos at play and and then in communication how you communicate with each other that that's just a whole new learning curve and completely new sets of totally. discipline. Mm -hmm. So how do you transition from Gracie Day, singer-songwriter, to Gracie Day? Because I know, you know, you've been working with a band and, and you know, trying to get yeah. a band and play with others and guest appear with others as well. Yeah. The transition? Um, I, I mean, I've always wanted uh, to play with a band and I've always wanted to put down my guitar and just sing too um which I haven't 
you know, I get to do once in a while. But um, yeah, I always wanted that. So when I first started on the scene a couple of years ago, I uh, I was trying, I was going to Craigslist, all this stuff, looking for for bands that were looking for a singer or whatever. And then I kind of just realized, all right, I can play the guitar. I'm just gonna do you know what I can alone. So it's- you before you went out alone, you wanted to play with a band. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I I know where I'm limited with my guitar skills. I mean, like, I'm a rhythm player, and that's fine, but I hear so much more, and I love getting, lo- like, just feeling the moment vocally and and uh, improvising, and sometimes it has to be a little bit more rehearsed with when I'm playing guitar. I mean, it's, it's a different thing. Sometimes, it, it, you know, the two instruments interact with each other in a great way, too. But anyway, so... I just started, and it's very easy to just operate your business when you're solo, too. So I just started getting a ton. Finally, I, my network grew enough where I realized I could start a band, and I, I feel like some musicians I admire recognized that I was gigging a lot, and I felt like I had kind of, you know, maybe I didn't need to prove myself to others, but I felt like I had proven it to myself that I was worthy. Worthy of of having great um, good musicians uh, collaborate with me. It still freaks me out. I actually get really nervous for rehearsals more than shows or anything because it's almost like this fear like, oh, you know, they're going to find out that I'm not good. I mean, these are, this is really honest insecurities that I'm sharing, but I think especially with not being um, trained, trained in any way or having any music theory working with you know academic musicians sometimes it can be like oh because they know how to communicate right. it becomes like i was saying the communication thing yeah. is so you know when you're working with other people no matter what and a lot of times with bands you have like half of the people are have that classic academic totally. training mm-hmm. out of like you know berkeley school of music or something and mm-hmm. you know they've had their whole life and then the other half just plays with their intuition which is a nice combination to have Mm -hmm. it's a great balance you know i think so too they're different ways they communicate but you got to find the middle ground where you can like communicate with each other to create just a great a great sound for sure and i don't really see a difference between it i mean really there's the same kind of they're just different holdbacks and freedoms on either side. Right, you know? exactly. And yeah. that's why there's a, a balance to totally. work together. So what are some of the other challenges of putting together a band? Well, there's the obvious uh, multiple personalities and creative minds in the same room working together. People often say it's like a marriage, but with like four people or however many people are in the band. And you have to be so, you have to coordinate and schedule. And if one person can't, it might ruin it for the rest. It's just, it's a lot to organize. But but those are just like the little obvious challenges. But the pros are much greater than the cons. And I wouldn't even call those cons. They're just interesting um, components. facts, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're practical challenges yeah, of coordinating right. schedules and yeah. um, 
you know, it's difficult enough to do one with two people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's so busy today. Four people, five people, six pieces. Yeah. And getting everyone together to rehearse. And you, you got to rehearse. Yeah. You know, there's no way around that. So that's challenging, too. What's interesting to you about each piece, each instrument do you think the bassist is like the grounding force the drummer what keeps everyone together what instrument does everyone like look to both of those have like a really gluing factor i i love yeah i just love that section i i don't know (laughs) yeah i love it too i I mean for me they grant when i'm as a listener yeah and appreciator I, I feel that those two ground me. Mm-hmm. It's a nice feeling. So I was just wondering from your end, as you're working with musicians and putting them together, do you, because you, you you were kind of doing a rock band thing, right? Yeah. Um, More of a rock and roll style. I, I had that. Thing. Yeah, I had that for a little bit. And now I'm just totally taking charge of the band. Now, when you say totally taking charge, how do you mean? My bassist is starting to help with leading the band rehearsals, which is really nice. Especially because he speaks both languages really well. But, yeah, I meant, I guess I meant in the sense my my last little band, which was short-lived, was uh, headed by me and another singer-songwriter. So we had, and then we had our original songs, and then we also had this really great drummer with the uh, background of, like, punk pop rock and it, it was very technical but very um punk so our our songs ended up being kind of like rocky a little punky and now i'm doing just like my original songs and like my vision for the sound my covers um i mean obviously i love input from from the rest of the band and i'd like to write together too but i feel like you know i'm the front woman now so and so it's going to be a lot of your music now are you going to add a little punky punchy element to a lot of the songs like how are the songs going to change from when you perform them on your own to when you have full backing for sure i mean they're just going to be just more completed like painted the full picture like my song courthouse i think is a little bit more of a rock song but you'll really hear it with the punch of the drums and and stuff like that and then my you know my song like train tracks is more sad kind of like a soft sad ballad and that just kind of gets filled out i love that song thanks you know that though train tracks i didn't know you loved that one that's cool to know yeah i don't i've been holding on to that one for a while Sometimes I think I'm holding on to it for myself, but yeah, once in a while someone will say they really like it, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love it, and I think I, I asked you why I didn't hear more of it, and I think it was one of the first you recorded. Oh, yeah, I remember you came to a show, and you and I didn't play it, because right. I forgot to for you, and yeah, yeah. And you just said, well, you know, it was so, I mean, it's really... Whoever recorded it, it was a great production. And you mentioned that you thought once you had it produced and you heard it, you felt like performing it solo that it was missing something. Mm. You know what I mean? That yeah. it was missing a For little sure. a, a little of the fullness. Yeah. That's always tough once you have Yeah, once you have that full sound and then you know Yeah, then going back to yeah. raw. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda like Yeah. It's like underwhelming sometimes. 
but then also can be more intimate as well. So yeah, which is what I like. Mm-hmm. You know, was that what I like about your style? I connect to the the intimacy of it. Uh, so tell me about your uh, romantic relationship with the guitar. <laughs> um, we are very. We have a very volatile young love kind of jealousy filled <laughs> love hate relationship. <laughs> you can tell I can't say much from the case. <laughs> you just stared angrily at me. <laughs> oh, it'll get back at me later. <laughs> so, how has the relationship evolved? Over the years, mm, I mean, it's. It, it, I, I'm really thankful that my brother played guitar because I remember I loved singing and and I think that being alone, you know, like at night I would stay up and. That was my first realization of like, well, no one's gonna accompany my, me right now. Like, I guess I'll have to accompany myself, and that has like prevailed through a lot of. Uh, situations but yeah so I just started learning simple chords I think I can't remember exactly my first song but it it could be anything between uh, a Green Day song or uh, leaving on a jet plane which my dad taught me Uh, you know I I have a bunch of songs and I used to cover like very um, indie artist songs too which I'd like to go back to Azuray and yeah so it's always been kind of like a way to support my voice um, which is why my growth with it has been so elongated and slow. <laughs> because, uh, like, whenever I'll start practicing, especially back in the day, like, I just get distracted by working on my voice instead, or singing instead, or writing words instead. So, it's one of those things. It's, you know, it's always there. <laughs> it's always there. It's always there calling. Asking for more love. Yeah. Yo, Gracie, totally. you got to give me more love than you've been giving me, girl. If you want me to, you know, dance with you on stage, yeah, you know, you got to give me some love at home. Yeah, for sure. You know, bringing me but out I, without yeah. showing me love. <laughs> it's so needy, and yet I can't break up with it. It's just, you know, but I'm I'm fi- I'm learning a little bit more now of the fretboard, which is exciting, so I can do like really basic solos which is fun but um i i I would always love to learn more if only you know i didn't love singing more maybe i could (laughs) you know what i think that uh i bet would be feel natural to you and this is just a guess Mm -hmm. but i just got it while sitting here talking oh yeah learning slide i've never humor that idea I figure it's hard but I should I should try I mean I love Bonnie Raitt and she's a great slide player she's probably like one of the best yeah like ever but I've just for some reason I could just I think when you mentioned like fretboard I was just I just saw you just like sliding up and down that fretboard and being really comfortable with just I like your vision I hope it comes true (laughs) well you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I can play up the neck pretty well in bar chords so maybe I'll give it a shot yeah <laughs> try that you might it might feel natural and like what's hard for other people may not be 
difficult for you. Once again, it's about how it feels. Right. And I don't mean to get the guitar in the case jealous, man. It doesn't mean that (laughs) she's got a lot of love to share between you and the slide. (laughs) (laughs) So have you been working on anything new? Anything? Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm always writing, but I... I just had a spurt of writing maybe a couple months ago in the spring, like a really strong, strong spurt. And that happens once in a while. Um, So it hasn't, I haven't matched the output of that since that, but I'll have to go back and and look at all those songs I wrote. Do you write stuff, put it away and come back to it later? Has that been happening a lot? Yeah. You've been really busy with gigging and putting together a band and stuff. For sure, yeah. Yeah, and then if it, unless it sticks right away, or I'll carry it with me, or... uh, Yeah, I'd love to go back and look at some, because sometimes it's a really crucial period, like the first couple times I play it out. If I feel like it doesn't work, it'll just, like, collect us somewhere. So, but that's not... That doesn't always mean it's a bad song. It just wasn't its time. Yeah, or it just wasn't worked out properly, or, you know, it wasn't played... You know, could have a different rhythm or whatever. Yeah, but I've been... I mean, summer was crazy. I had so many gigs. And right now I'm still trying to kind of solidify the band. And once I do, I would like to start um, recording with the band, which would be really exciting. So that's your next step? Yeah. Yep. And then the writing is... You'll, so you you would already have the pieces that you know that you want to do with the band. You can record a lot of songs, you know, that I'm familiar with. Right, yeah. A lot of songs that you're familiar with and some new ones probably that I haven't played out yet frequently. So, yeah, a lot of the process is finding out with the band, like, how to express it best, what like how their parts work. So I feel my ear developing a lot, paying attention a lot more when I listen to music to the small background parts and, and the movement of it. So I'd love to have like a big hand in in producing. I mean, I'd, I'd love to just like live in the studio for a month. That would be awesome, but we all have to- Make a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that thing about eating food and buying it and stuff. Yeah. What a hassle. <laughs> I, I learned a new term uh, a month ago called adulting, yeah. which I'd never heard of. Oh, yeah, I'm tired of adulting. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that adult thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you feel moved to uh, to play and sing at all? Sure. All right, so uh, you're going to play a little something for us that you're working on. Uh, once again, Inside the Passion is about celebration of the journey uh you you have to begin somewhere it's always the first step uh there's always balance before the step and there's always uh passion and sheer will if uh if nothing else so gracie is going to share with us a tune that she's been fiddling around with that's working on that's you know still a little raw it's going to change shape as it evolves and uh, what's the, the history of this song? So yeah, normally I wouldn't do this because I don't feel like it's, you know, finished or polished or anything. And I don't even know what it's going to be, but 
I wrote this during the writing spurt when I, uh, this past spring when I was writing a lot that I didn't keep up with everything. So now I'm kind of revisiting the songs and um, yeah, the song is called Medicine. I just, I mean, I love that as it is. I, I guess I like the raw. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like the unpolished. It's just... Good, because I messed up a couple times. But I wouldn't, you know, uh-huh. 90% of the people, people listening aren't even going to notice any mess up. I mean, your voice is... 
just you know pulls you in. Oh, and that thanks. was that was a classic uh, Gracie Day, talking about medicine, as she's uh, was stroking some love to the guitar. <laughs> I hooked you up. I hooked you up. <laughs> yeah, yours a wingman. Yeah, and and <laughs> I mean you were just it, it felt good, felt good to listen to. Well, Did it feel you. good to play? Yeah, always. Yeah. Sweet, That's, always. Yeah. <laughs> always. That's. That's why people play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're so lucky. It's it's great. I don't know, you know, yeah. Sometimes you'll meet a jaded player, and I'm not... What does a jaded I, player sound like? I'm not saying that I'm... A, sometimes I'm the jaded player, you know. I, what does a jaded player sound like? You just got to like a little bit of an attitude. Well, it, it's really tough sometimes you're at a, a restaurant for your dinner hours, and people aren't really listening, or... If that's the nature of the gig or, you know, you run into problems, you show up at a venue, they said they had, they would have sound, there's no sound, you know. Of course, like, we all run into struggles like that. But in the end, it's just so amazing that we get to do what we love. Like, even if it's just for a small crowd of people and and I touch one person or they like a, one song or something like that, That's that makes it... Makes it worth it. Yeah. It's great. I I mean I never even imagined I could I could do this, let alone someone pay me for it. Like that's still Right? That still makes me yeah. I mean amazed. Jesus, people paying you for doing something that you love. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? How does that happen? <laughs> All right, well, uh, this episode is gonna have its own page on um on the website, which is uh, Uh Yeah, the Gracie Day will have her own episode with links to uh, to her site and to her SoundCloud and whatever, uh, you know, so you can hear her music, so you can follow her when she's gigging and when she's putting together, uh, like, her new band. And, you know, we're going to revisit Gracie on this journey and uh, my dream is to you know one day maybe do a duet and step up step up my my chops and, yeah. and do a duet with that with that killer voice <laughs> um you know I mean right. I have to compete with his perfect radio voice right now well so. I, well that's what they say but <laughs> nah it ain't it ain't all that <laughs> so I'm just modest. happy to be here just happy to be here all right thanks this is another episode of Inside the Passion, www.insidethepassion.com. Peace out. Thank you, Gracie. Thank you.